0: To let us go into the house of the Lord, I'm Pastor Michael Lilienthal, and I'm excited to be speaking to you today about Epiphany 3, the third Sunday after Epiphany. Uh, the uh, the hymnary lists at the bottom of the, the hymns for this Sunday. The, the theme is Missions, Light of the World. Missions, colon, Light of the World. Um, there, there are, in fact, a lot of hymns in here that are used for various mission festivals uh, that, uh, that suit it quite well. Um, But we'll see why that theme ties into this Sunday and its propers uh, specifically. Uh, So I'm I'm just going to dive right in uh, onto this. Just keep in mind the idea, though, of this entire Epiphany season being, once again, the unity of the two natures of Christ, God and man together, and how Jesus is continuing to reveal himself, to manifest himself, to show his glory so that people will have faith. In him, so we're gonna we're gonna dive right into the uh, the epistle lesson. I'm gonna start start right there with the the first of the the readings that'll be heard this Sunday. The epistle lesson for Epiphany three is continuing on with uh, the the epistle of the Romans, Romans twelve sixteen through twenty one. Now you'll notice if you listened to last week's episode or were in church uh, last Sunday, is uh, that, uh, that 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 uh, epistle lesson ended with verse sixteen. So we're gonna read verse sixteen again, uh, which is kind of unique. Uh, in the church here. We're going to read Romans 12, 16 through 21. Have the same respect for one another. Do not be arrogant, but associate with the humble. Do not think too highly of yourselves. Do not pay anyone back evil for evil. Focus on those things that everyone considers noble. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, maintain peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink for by doing this you will heat burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good the The continual reading in in romans here for for the epiphany season some have have said that uh, by having that continual reading, we miss out on uh, perhaps some other passages that would more thematically suit the day. But I disagree. I think these readings do suit quite well the themes. We're thinking about missions here, okay? Think about that idea of, of missions. And, the, and there are other other themes that come through here. But in the previous section of this letter to the Romans uh, in, in chapter 12, Paul was talking about the church and how the church internally works. Now he seems to be hinting at, at how Christians work even outside the church how Christians relate with other people, uh, the enemies. Now, there certainly could be enemies within the church itself, but especially with those outside the church. Think of how your life witnesses to the world outside, and, and vengeance is certainly not a good witness to the world outside. Just think of the ammunition that, uh, that people have against uh, um, the, the religion of Islam because of uh, the, their doctrine of vengeance, uh, that uh, the holy wars, which, you know, get get hyped a, a good deal, and, and the the doctrine of, of killing the, the unbelievers. Now, I don't want to get into a discussion of comparative religions at this point, but the, the admission there is there is some ammunition against that religion. And so we, as Christians, are to, to see that we should not have that sort of ammunition allowed against us. We are not to take revenge. We're not to, to fight... Uh, for our own ideals, for our own ideas, for our own preferences. Uh, Instead, let God take vengeance. Paul reflects in in this quotation from Proverbs here, he reflects some of Jesus' own words uh, about, um, you know, if someone asks you to take them one mile, go with them two. If someone asks for your cloak, give them your shirt or your tunic also. Uh, If someone strikes you on one cheek, let them strike the other as well. That's, That's kind of the same idea here. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink help your enemies. That's how we witness. Uh, too often, uh, I know other pastors have, have dealt with this too, that, uh, you know, we, as as Christians, as as the church, um, we've felt kind of burned in the past about uh, like handouts, you know, people coming and asking for money or, or asking for, for help with gas or groceries or something. And, you know, we, we help them and then we never see them again. I, I've heard that phrase a lot. We, well, we, we just help people and we never see them again. Well, you don't know that. <laughs> that's, that's maybe one of my, my favorite responses. You don't know. We'll never see him again. Um, and also, we're not a business. That's, that's something to... Now, I'm not saying we just give money or whatever to everyone who asks. There, there's certainly a, an, a, an amount of wisdom to be exercised in those those factors. But how do we behave toward those who present themselves as being in need around us? Are they hungry? Are they thirsty? Can we feed them? Can we give them a drink? Uh, the, there, there are practices in churches, you know, aside from giving money, where we have you know food on hand, you know, non-perishable food that we can we can give to people. There's there's something I've heard of called uh, mana bags, uh, where essentially it's a it's a plastic bag that has you know a, a pair of socks, a toothbrush, and some toothpaste, uh, and maybe a few other just essentials that um, you know, especially in like bigger cities where, where you might see people on street corners uh, asking for help, you know, with the cardboard signs. Everyone can picture that. Um, rather than giving money, which, you know, I know the, the very understandable concern is that that money will just go towards, towards drugs or, or other, um, evil, wicked things. Uh, instead of giving money, you can give something that is actually helpful. Um, so uh, my, my point in all of this is, uh, how can we as Christians look out for the good of our neighbor, even the neighbor who seems to be trying to cheat us? who seems to be trying to pull one over on us, who seems to be trying to trick us. How can we actually present a Christian demeanor for them? How can we be Christians? How can we do as God asks us? And yes, this is more law. If you listen to last week's episode, the Epistle Lesson had a lot of a law in there, and this is, this is more, more law that comes on. Focus on those things that everyone considers noble. That's a command. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, maintain peace with everyone. Again, um, now that's 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 something interesting there too, because I pointed out that error in thinking that uh, the scholastics had at uh, at the time of the Reformation, the Middle Ages, um, that, uh, well, if God commanded it, then it must be possible for us to keep it. Well, here Paul is saying, this is possible for you to do. As far as it is possible, keep the peace with everyone. Now, we must even admit there that we've always failed in, in that regard, because... We haven't done as much as is possible for us. That's that's you know, kind of a, a an interesting little feature in there. As far as it depends on you, keep peace with everyone, that means more than just, well, do your best. It means if it is at all possible for you to do something that maintains peace rather than taking revenge or rather than stirring the pot, not stirring the pot, but, you know, uh, causing a bigger fight, do the thing that keeps the peace. But no, we haven't done that. We haven't kept that either. So again, what we are to see here is, is how Jesus fulfilled this perfectly. Jesus himself was trampled on. Jesus was the one who had these enemies who, who assaulted him so terribly, who took him for granted, who who um, tried to deceive him, tried to trick him, tried to catch him in his words, uh, ultimately did catch him in his words before the Sanhedrin. You know, they had to do a lot of um, tricks to, to get it to come out that way, but they got him crucified. They got him killed. But how did Jesus respond? Father, forgive them. Right? Uh, that's the, the, the point is he didn't take revenge, uh, and he said that to Nicodemus too, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but so the world might be saved through me. I'm paraphrasing, I know, but um, that uh, he brought salvation. As Christians, we're wearing Christ, so we're called to do the same thing. We've been given that salvation by Christ. He didn't take revenge, but instead he fed us. And he gives us something to drink. Think of the Lord's Supper in that picture. He feeds us his own body. He gives us to drink his own blood. Rich Food. He gives us of the immense riches of his grace and his glory. Because we have that, we are strengthened in that faith uh, and strengthened in that holiness to be able to share with others as well. Uh, we have we have our, our eternal inheritance secure. We're not going to lose anything. So we can certainly share with others. We can certainly allow ourselves to, to suffer at the hands of our enemies and heap those burning coals on their heads uh, of the acts of kindness. Uh, rather than fighting, rather than than trying to argue and, and and win, it's okay to lose. That's theology of the cross. It's okay for us to lose because Jesus lost, but in his loss was his victory, in his defeat was his u- ultimate triumph. And we have that same triumph even in our defeats as well. All right, I'm going to go on to to the gospel lesson before I go too much deeper into that. The gospel lesson for Epiphany 3 is Matthew 8, 1 through 13. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. Just then a leper came to him and bowed down to him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was healed of his leprosy. Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one. Instead, go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him and pleaded with him, Lord, my servant is dying at home, paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled. He said to those who were following him, Amen, I tell you, I have not found such great faith in one in Israel. I tell you that many will come from the east and the west, and will recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the children of the kingdom will be thrown out into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And his servant was healed at that very hour. All right, now this is really where we get that theme of missions coming through here. We have that centurion, a foreigner, someone who's not of the people of Israel, but who is nevertheless brought into the kingdom of heaven. Someone who is someone who will recline at that table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, which uh, that right there that that line is really going to tie into one one of the the hymns that we're going to sing uh, that, that that line is is repeated as the first line uh, of of one of the hymns in our hymnary that's um, there many shall come from the east and the west and sit at the t- feast of salvation that's hymn number 200 which is right in that uh, that section here and it, oh it's a beautiful hymn it's it's got to be one of my favorites um, just the, 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 tune is absolutely beautiful. But anyway, um, it's an, it's another Landstad one. We sing uh, a Landstad hymn last Sunday. Um, there are seven verses to it. Um, and, uh, it, it it's kind of a, and I don't want to say necessarily easy division uh, of where to, to split these. Um, we can sing one through four and then five through seven, which I think is how we're going to split it. Uh, But verse 4 is, Oh, that we the throng of the ransomed may swell To whom he hath granted remission God graciously make us in heaven to dwell and And save us from endless perdition Have mercy upon us, O Jesus So, let us be part of that number Of all those many who come from the East and the West Let us be at the Feast of Salvation and then, verse five, God grant that I may, of His infinite love, remain in His merciful keeping, and sit with the King at His table above. When here in the gr- when here in the grave I am sleeping, have mercy, have mercy upon us, O Jesus. I gotta kind of make it up when I don't have accompaniment with me. I hope you bear with me as I as I fumble through the singing. But the point there is, verse four, we're asking to be part of that group that will go to the king uh the feast of salvation and verse five we're asking to be uh maintained in that faith uh until the end uh when uh, until until our death so that you know when here in the grave i'm sleeping we're sitting at the table with the king uh so that uh you know let us let us be uh, sustained in faith until our deaths is kind of how that prayer goes. So 198, and I'm going to split that. I'm, I got to figure out exactly where that goes. Those last, last three verses are kind of a natural conclusion. Um, so those might be the closing hymn. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll figure that out more more clearly later on. Back to the gospel lesson. Um like I said, that that that, that phrase uh, is is in that hymn and comes from that gospel lesson. But the centurion, that that foreigner, uh, gets gets the idea of these these missions, and and Jesus even gives this this really stern warning in verse twelve: the children of the kingdom will be thrown out into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The children of the kingdom will be thrown out into the outer darkness. He's talking about the people of Israel there. He's talking about the people who are so secure in their salvation uh, that they think that they, they, they've, they've got it there, there's nothing that's that's required of them there, there's nothing that um, that they need to worry about. They don't need to be concerned about what God's word actually says. Um, they're just you know're we're, no we're born of Abraham, we're fine, whatever can do what I want you know um, So yeah exactly rather than listening to the Word of God rather than paying attention to the prophets, uh, the law and the prophets and the writings who who pointed to the Messiah and who he would be what he would look like when if they if they paid close attention they would see it was Jesus they would see it very clearly but instead they're closing their eyes to it like uh like the people listening to to Stephen uh, ultimately you know covering their ears shouting loudly and rushing at him no don't I don't want to hear it shut up that's 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 the warning against the people of Israel, and that's—it's not just for Israel either. But we as Christians should take that to heart as well. That if we just—if if we are are lackadaisical about our faith, if we're not paying attention to what we are actually to believe, what actually is—is is the truth. Uh, well, then we can't actually say, "Oh, I'm sure I'll be in heaven." Well, we we gotta know why. Why do you think you're gonna be in heaven? It's gotta be based on Jesus got to be based on his word which is exactly what the centurion confesses here no just say the word that's what he says only say the word and my servant will be healed he acknowledges the power of jesus word and that's what mission work uh, it does too uh which when we're talking about supporting our missions home missions foreign missions however the case may be the the only reason we think it'll work is because we have the word of god going with us we're not building businesses out there yes there are some some uh Factors to to consider that we use our our human uh, reason, our our gifts that God gives us uh, of our our thinking skills and and all that to to decide where to put different efforts and things. But ultimately, what will cause the, the mission to succeed is God's word. God's word causes people to come to faith. Again, the reason that those people covered their ears at Stephen, rejecting what he had to say. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's that's more or less the point here, that we listen to the word and we see Jesus' mercy in all of this too. That's why this, this first miracle is included, tacked on at the beginning before the centurion, about this leper. How did Jesus heal that leper? He touched him and then said, be clean. It's the word again that caused that cleanliness. The touch there was de- a demonstration of Jesus' mercy. You don't touch a leper or you're unclean. Jesus touched that leper. Jesus came into our filth. He came into our sin, touched our sin to the point that he took it unto himself, all of our sins, and died with them so that we would be clean. So that's that's what, what we see in there too, that, uh, that Jesus grants that great mercy in touching a leper before saying be clean and cl- cleaning him by his word and then uses that same word uh, to give, give that healing to the centurion's servant as well. The, the, the power of the word is, is very present here. Uh, and, and the, the tangibility of Christ too. It, again, that epiphany theme of how Christ is so, so close, so, uh, we can touch him. So, so he's, he's right there for us to be able to, to feel, um, that, that, that came out with, uh, the epistle lesson too. When you think of uh, the, what the enemies do, you know, don't take revenge and things, how Jesus is the perfect fulfillment of that. He could do that because he could be touched because he became man. And now he touches healing. Um, I want to read the, uh, the intro it for Epiphany three here, um, before getting to the old Testament lesson. So uh, on page 142 in the evangelical Lutheran Hymnary, Epiphany three intro it, worship him, all you gods, Zion hears and is glad the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. O Lord. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of the isles be glad. So the, this this worship of all you gods, um, <laughs> of course, this isn't saying that uh, any other gods exist, but it's saying that uh, all the other nations um, who are personified by these gods are are called to to worship the true God. And Zion, the the center of God's people, hears and is glad. The rejoicing because of those. Uh, who come to, to hear, hear the word? Who come to faith? Uh, this this uh, intro. It comes from two verses of Psalm ninety seven, uh, which is um, a great praise psalm as well um, uh, about God's power and God's God's glory. Um, the earth itself rejoices. The multitude of the isles. There, you've got that uh, that theme as well of uh, the isles. Those those all around. The, those distant places they also are glad in the salvation of God, because it is for the, the Gentile world. We saw that with the, the Epiphany Festival itself. The wise men came uh, from, from the East. The, these foreign people uh, came to, to worship the Christ uh, and, and be saved by their faith. So we see that uh, coming through here as well. All right, I want to go now to uh, the Old Testament lesson, uh, which will also be the sermon text once again. Uh, we're going to get the, the conclusion of the Jacob story really here. Uh, At this point, this is um, not not the last Sunday in the Epiphany season, but it's it's the last um, it's the last sequential one. We're we're gonna get to something um, uh, different later on. It's it's not the last time we'll hear about Jacob in in these lessons, but uh, it's it's the last big one that's that's about Jacob, really. Uh, But it's from Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 32. Jacob got up that night and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and he also sent his possessions across. Jacob was left alone. And he wrestled with a man there until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat him, he touched the socket of his thigh, and the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated as he wrestled. The man said, Let me go, it is daybreak. Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Then he said to him, What is your name? He said, Jacob. Then he said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have fought with God and with men, and you have won. Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. He said, Why do you ask what my name is? Then he blessed them, there, blessed him there. Jacob named the place Peniel, because he said, I have seen, the face, seen God face to face, and my life has been spared. The sun rose as he crossed over at Peniel, and he was limping because of his thigh. For that reason to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the tendon of the hip that is on the socket of the thigh— because God touched the socket of Jacob's thigh on the tendon of the hip and Jacob wrestles with God that uh, that famous story there um, he's he's in distress Jacob is in distress at this point he's heading back home uh, and he knows that Esau is there his enemy Esau his brother who who is now his enemy because Jacob cheated him you know there's a good reason that Esau is his enemy he is very concerned that he's going to die that his family is going to die that Esau is going to kill them um and so that's really the source of this wrestling. He's wrestling with God, much as we might wrestle with God over our own distress. Uh, we we wrestle uh, with with our, our questions. Now, why God? Why is this happening to me? I can't tell you how often I've heard that from the people I visit in nursing homes. Uh, why Why am I still here? Is is maybe the most common question I get from them. Why isn't God taking me home? Well, and and we ultimately have to say we're we're waiting for God's timing on this. Faith in God is is the answer. Um, is as. Quaint as that might sound, it's it's not the answer. Like it's not just have faith. Uh, that's that's law, <laughs> uh, but gospel is 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 the answer that God provides. God does bless. Jacob wrestles until he says, "No, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me." And that's that's what we as Christians are to do too. Luther loved this this whole concept of of wrestling with God. He called it tentatio, that uh, Latin phrase, um, that, uh, tension uh, wrestling with God is is coming through. That uh, when, when we face scripture and when we face our crosses, we wrestle with God and we're not to let him go. God doesn't want us to let him go until he blesses us. Again, we're seeing the tangibility of God here. This is Christ before he became man, but even here he's making himself able to be touched. That's an act of mercy, that God comes down and allows us to touch him. And Jacob recognizes that, too. This is, this is a high point for Jacob, really. Um, in the naming of this place, Peniel, uh, the face of God, uh, is what that means. I've seen the face of God and I haven't been destroyed. I've been spared. He, he recognizes God's immense mercy at that moment. And we're to recognize that as well, that God comes to us and gives that mercy. And we see, too, the, the connection to missions here, that Jacob is going, again, to an enemy. Someone outside of his his home, really uh and what the the distress there is that this this person is by nature against him when we go in missions we acknowledge that every single person we meet who is not in faith is an enemy that's that's this reality because there are two camps there is god's camp and there is the opposite so in if you're not in god's camp you are an enemy of god's camp whether you actively persecute christians or not uh, so when we go into missions, we we acknowledge that those people we come across are enemies. That's that's really the connection here. But again, think of that epistle lesson. How do we treat our enemies? We don't fight against them. We don't go and try to kill them and destroy them. We feed them. We give them something to drink. And what better to give them to to eat and drink than the the gospel, the the evangel, sharing the good news to all creation, as as Jesus would say at the end of his life. That's that's what we're called to do. And so Jacob, too, when he comes to, to meet an enemy, he's he's in distress about how that's going to go, but he receives this blessing from God, and he receives this new name as well, Israel, Yisrael. Um, English ears have uh, maybe difficulty detecting what the root word is there, but that's Sarah. Um, Sarah is, is is the root there, the, the name of, of Abraham's wife, or Sar, uh, means prince. Um, but the, the root word, that verb, Sarah, is to fight or to wrestle or to rule. It's all, all connected there. Um, so Jacob, now Israel, is the descendant of his grandmother Sarah, who would have kings come from her, um, and Jacob too receives the the continuation of that covenant as well. What's interesting though is that the the um, Genesis account goes on and continues to refer to Jacob as Jacob, not Israel. That's different from from Sarah. Uh, when she was renamed uh, no longer Sarai, but Sarah, it doesn't call her Sarai anymore, but only Sarah. Abram and Abraham, the same way. Here, Jacob receives a new name, but then immediately he's called Jacob again and continues to be called Jacob all the way through. I think there are just a few exceptions of where he's called Israel, but Israel becomes the name of the people. That's that's what's different here. The, the blessing comes on the people of God. That's that's the point that we're to see is that this wrestling is all of God's people, the nation of Israel, but Christians, the the spiritual Israel. That's our blessing that we've received. We wrestle with God, but we prevail against God when we wrestle against him because he's made himself able to touch us. We who were his enemies are made his friends. We're given that blessing uh, through, through his mercy, through his coming down to us uh, in order to make himself able to be wrestled with and also to die for us and to rise again to give us his glorious flesh, his glorious life. So that's that's uh, the, the gospel lesson. I want to read the collect now while, I'm, uh, while I've am i got the, the hymnory here in front of me, and it's going to be collect number 24 on page 150 in the hymnory. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities, and in all our dangers and necessities stretch forth the right hand of your majesty to help and defend us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen. Our infirmities, right? Uh, think of, think of the, the leper. Think of the centurion's servant. And think of the fact that by our nature, we're God's enemies. And so if we're in, in danger, at, at best, the world would, could ask him to walk on by. But instead for us who were his enemies, he does stretch forth his majesty. The hand of his majesty. Have mercy on us to heal us. He touches us. The hand comes forward to touch us. That hand is Jesus who comes to touch us and he gives us that life we, we see that hand of jesus also in that old testament lesson that gospel lesson it touches jacob in the hip and gives him that limp which is the cross that then he bears the rest of his life the reminder of the blessing as well uh, which is which is part of uh the the comfort that we have in our tribulations our trials now too that when we have difficulties they serve as reminders of the blessing they, they point us to the cross of christ that's what they should do anyway they, they, they remind us that Jesus bore his cross to save us. They direct our eyes there, our eyes of faith. All right, then the psalm. I want to see uh, the psalm for this day as well. I have uh, a guess as to, to which psalm it's going to be, uh, that the hymnary selects for Epiphany 3. And yes, it is hymn, or psalm 97. And I, again, don't think psalm 97. Nope, psalm 97 is not in here. Um, but... One that um, would suit quite well is Psalm 100. Very close, very close here, um, because the the first one there, it's tone four. So the first verse of Psalm 100, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. And I know we've sung that psalm before. It's a short one, so it's, it's, it's one I like to use for, for our congregation because um, not everyone feels like such a strong singer. So giving them a short psalm makes them a little more confident. Uh, in singing it rather than having to to go on for a long time. But it suits very well with the idea of these other lands that that praise God, shout to him with joy, uh, acknowledging what he has done and who he is, that that he has made us. Think again of that, that God made us. And his mercy is highlighted here as well. Uh, And so we see that almighty God who has mercy on us um, is really, really key. Uh, so that's that's going to be the psalm for this day. I need to pick uh, the other hymns now. The chief hymn for this day is hymn number one ninety eight, um, which is right before uh, hymn hymn two hundred. There in the same section is uh, "O Christ our true and only light, enlighten those who sit in night. Let those afar now hear Thy voice." And in thy fold with us rejoice. And it's all about God have mercy on those people outside of where we are. We're, <laughs> what I love about that hymn is, is that we're, we're forced in singing it to think of other people. Uh, to think of the salvation of someone else uh, and not just ourselves. We want other people to be saved. We want other people to come to this knowledge of the truth. We want other people to hear the gospel. Uh, and to, to feel its warmth and its light. Uh, so it's, it's a six-verse hymn, but it's very short. Uh, the verses are very short, so we're just going to sing that as the chief hymn, uh, all all six verses. Um, that's, that's not too, too difficult, I don't think. Uh, not too much, I should say. Um, I, I think we are going to do 200 verses 5 through 7 as the closing hymn, uh, and I think having the first four verses... Uh, as, as the hymn that follows uh, the, the offering for, for this service, which I, sh- I should mention that this is the fourth Sunday that we're looking ahead to. So it's uh, the, the tradition for our saviors is uh, rite one abbreviated, uh, meaning no service of Holy Communion. Um, so after the, after the sermon, we have the prayer of the church, uh, then the offering, and then we jump to another hymn right after the offering, and then some prayers uh, before the benediction and closing uh, really kind of scrunches up the end there uh, ties it off. So that hymn after the offering will be 200 verses one through four. So the hymn that, uh, I want to have as the opening here, uh, I should pick that one from, from various invocation hymns, I think. Um, there are some more, uh, within this section that are, that are familiar to people, but I don't want to, I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to overload it because, uh, the, these, these hymns are also so very well suited for, um, but uh for for the uh invocation itself, um, the, or the the opening hymn, there are a few really good ones. Uh hymn one is one that comes to mind. Blessed Jesus, at thy word we are God Um That one that one could work very well. Uh and, and I might come back to that. I want to look at a few others. I think I found one that uh, that suits even better. Uh, hymn number twenty, which uh, some members have said is a familiar one to them. It's by Paul Gerhardt, uh, one of my favorite hymn writers. Uh, Holy Ghost, dispel our sadness. Holy Ghost, dispel our sadness. Pierce the clouds of sinful night. Come, thou source of sweetest gladness. Breathe thy life and spread thy light. Hear, oh, hear our supplication, loving spirit, God of peace. Rest upon this congregation, great distributor of grace. I don't know, did you detect the key change in there? I did my best. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, so come Holy Spirit. Help us, give us peace, rest on this congregation. Um, But then we see the grace coming down uh, from a height which knows no measure in verse 2 is how that one begins. Bringing that richest treasure, uh, causing us to be strengthened in that faith, washing us clean. Uh, Be our friend uh, on each occasion is verse 3. God omnipotent to save. The power of God is emphasized there, but then it comes to us. Um, that when we die is right there in verse 3 as well but seat us with thy saints in glory when out, when from out the grave we rise then forever we'll adore thee round the, round thy throne above the skies that's a reflection of that hymn 200 as well many shall come from the east and the west and sit at the feast of salvation uh, we're asking that that be us as well again um, and with thy saints in glory that I I, I want us to be able to think uh, at that uh, time about everyone about about the whole world um, Uh all, all in the missions who are who are brought to faith uh, together. There, I, I want that to be kind of the, the driving theme behind all of this. So, all right, that's that's going to be the the opening hymn, uh, chief hymn, hymn number one ninety eight, then two hundred split for for the last two hymns. Uh, so that's going to be uh, the the service for the the third Sunday after Epiphany. Uh, I, I I hope you're you're as excited about that as I am. Just the idea of sharing the gospel and seeing how it's shared with us from Christ. Uh, that that mercy that He's given to us—that's that's something that's very delightful to see and to share. Uh, so you can find this show uh, again and contact us, tapestryradio.org/lord's house. Uh, my congregation is our saviors, els.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at m g l i l i e n t h a l. Please reach out, ask any questions you might have. Uh, oh, I should mention too—I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast before—but uh, if if you're interested about how I preach on each each week, each sermon here, um, you can find on the uh, Our Savior's website, uh, scroll down a little ways and you'll find the the sermon from the previous week. Uh, And if you you go through and look for uh, in the sermons tab, uh, and I think it's just uh, our church, there's a drop down, go to sermons, you can find all the previous sermon recordings there for this church year. Um, And that goes up the same day uh, as the church service. If you'd like to hear how I preach on each Uh, Old Testament lesson. Uh, I'm very excited to preach about this one. This is one of my favorite uh, lessons, even though uh, Jacob is kind of a despicable character. Here we see the grace that's given to him, and that's why he's significant. Uh, He receives this grace from God, uh, and he does have faith. Uh, Despite all of his sins, those are forgiven in his descendant, in Christ himself, and your sins are forgiven too. I want to to remind you of that as well. So, until we meet again, peace be within you.